This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ewan Patterson. Hello. And Rich Hudson. Hello. On a Friday evening, no less. Now, it might be the end of January slash the beginning of February when they listen to this, but that's not going to stop us doing 2020 gaming predictions. Now, is it? Why would it? As I say, why would it stop us? Well, because everyone else did them at the start of January. That's when I was... 2019 predictions. Screw it. Let's do that. (laughs) Yeah, just go all the way back. I think the Xbox One will be really good. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) If you're looking forward to these snares, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we uh, we put together some predictions, um, a handful of each, and they're all big old talking points. So we'll see how we go. I'm going to open um, things up with, um, I think that the Xbox's cross-platform, uh, cross-generation forwards and backwards compatibility combined is going to kill the Series X sales. What do you guys think? Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? We, we've, we've spoken at length about the next console generation effectively making, <clears throat> not making it like, you know, the 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 be all and end all of console cycles Mm. but in the sense that you know it's not going to be a generation like we've ever seen before Mm. and yeah looking at basically having released the x the the series x and then just going to this and then just being like oh we kind of made our previous bit of technology obsolete yeah and it's like i mean i I love stuff that has backwards compatibility but it's that idea of the forwards compatible stuff where like if you already have an xbox one you don't need a series x like i know they have said that you know there's always going to be meaningful upgrades for them like halo infinite and whatever you're going to play on there that'll run a lot better but you can play a base version of that game on your original xbox one which i just think that's a weird way to go about launching a new console cycle i feel like it's more going to be a a transitionary period because we had that with between the seventh and eighth gen where a lot of games were being released on both platforms you know most Mm. of the time yeah they were very uh watered down versions of those games but they still supported it but i don't think this will be a an ongoing thing throughout the course of the next generation maybe for a year they're going to do the forwards compatibility Mm. thing on and say that if you're buying anything on the Series X or anything you're releasing on the Series X between holiday 2020 and holiday 2021, mm-hmm. 
that it'll be available on the Xbox One as well. Doing that outright is basically business suicide. And I don't, <laughs> and I don't think Microsoft are that stupid. No, they've said that it will be temporary in, in as much as like three or four years of, of the, this way, and then eventually that's, it'll come that's across. That's like half a generation. I know, though. and it's like, I mean, I get that at some point they need to, I don't know if they need to do these, these sort of big gambles, but it feels like they are, like they think that they're in a good position where they want to have this whole like platform agnostic thing where no matter where you're coming in on the Xbox family, you can enjoy everything that they have. Yeah. But that seems kind of It's like the antithesis of what they started off the last generation mm. with. And I feel as though gradually over time, people have kind of been won over by, you know, Xbox, whether it be, you know, Game Pass or whatever. I so I feel Pass. as though it's mm. basically their attempt at basically continuing the goodwill they generated over the past few years mm -hmm. and basically making Xbox as accessible as possible mm. to so many different people and, and, and trying to keep the brand together as a whole, which I, is an interesting approach. Yeah, yeah. How much do you think it's a reflection or like a necessity? Because like you said, it's the almost the obsolete thing. Like this was the first generation where we had like half step systems, like minus something like the Mega Drive 32X or something. I mean, like, they, yeah, they had, you know. they had the console revisions that were more for improving mm. things wrong with the initial version because there's never been a console, I think, in history that was perfect from the off, mm. except maybe the PlayStation 2. Yeah. I think it's it pretty good. changed at all. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can see why they're doing it because... A lot of people, when, whenever we talk about, whenever we do any content on next-gen systems, the comments, there's a lot of people always saying, we don't want it. Mm. We don't want a new system. And, mm -hmm. I, and you know, I, I get that. I'm not, pers I'm excited to see what comes of the Series mm. X and the PS5, but I, unless there's something that is going to draw me to buying a system, I don't care for Yeah, it does feel like, I mean, even at the start of this generation, people were saying, like, we don't necessarily need them. Um, and obviously the first couple of years, like 2013 to 2015, for me, the, the generation didn't really kick off until something like The Witcher 3 or Metal Gear 5 sort of kicked mm -hmm. in. Um, 2013 and 2014 didn't have, like, massive next-gen titles. I think, like, The Order and Knack and Watch Dogs were massive letdowns. And it just took so long before something was like, okay, this can fundamentally not be made on the last generation of systems. Um, and it was weird to I think that like the only the generations only really they sort of missed out on those first couple of years, and then now we're seeing things like The Last of Us Two and Cyberpunk, and it's like okay, this is clearly what these systems are capable of. So why not just run with that for a mm. bit longer? Yeah, yeah. No, I have nothing else to <laughs> add really. It's a case of mm -hmm. like I've, initially when this was all announced, I was kind of like, well, I don't really need feel the need to upgrade. Then my PlayStation Four started making all sorts of creaky, croaky mm. noises, and it got me very <laughs> anxious. And it's still hanging in there. Mm. Like every time I think I threaten it with death, it just comes back to life and just shuts up because right. it's like I don't want to go to the scrap heap, you would. Uh, and <laughs> you don't want to do that, you would. Exactly. And now I'm kind of in this in the space now where I'm, I'm very much enthusiastic about upgrading. I've never gotten a new console, mm. uh, a brand new console from a new generation. Actually, the year it's released, I've always waited a year. Yes, I oh, he's one of those intelligent. Buyers. Yeah, I usually usually mm. wait a year before I actually pop on. Midnight so. launch, give me the broken one. But I now must I play it immediately. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I kind of I'm, I'm of that opinion now. Or maybe if I just get the new PlayStation, um, that'll be the good choice to have because mm. it's it's so weird for me as someone who's hopped across both PlayStation and Xbox. I'm kind of caught in an awkward position mm. with this cross uh, backwards compatibility thing. I think if I get the next PlayStation, I can get an Xbox One, which can run all my old Xbox games and Xbox. 60 games, mm -hmm. which will probably be the best of both worlds because the Xbox One will be dead cheap in a few years' time and I'll have the PlayStation whatever, PlayStation 5 and then yes. I can have that and then have the old Xbox and I'll have my both libraries on two consoles, which is really, really good. <laughs> which is basically what you're doing, Scott, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I, I try to keep up with everything. I mean, I'm, I'll end up getting everything, but I, the backwards backwards and forwards compatible thing does mean that like, if you have got a legacy of games, which like I think a lot of us do, then it makes sense that whatever you it, sort of it's get... It's more just to give you time, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be a thing consistent mm. throughout the generation. If it is, then that's a very weird approach. Yeah. 
Yeah, it just it makes it not as necessary as something like the PS5, um, which already has a bunch of exclusives. Um, So you and your first massive prediction was that you think E3 2020 will be the last E3. Yeah, I mean, E3, what you're doing, mate? Like, honestly, like, like, what is the point of E3 at this point? It's just, like, has been E3. Like, it's so... Good, has been E3. Has been E3. It's just a case of, I feel as though we've been watching the slow decline of this. What was a fun industry event that Mm. I felt as though all players could kind of get behind and appreciate and get involved in the hype, you know, whether it be the Just Dance dancers or or the, the lad coming on and playing the flute for, for you know, Ghost of Shishima. <laughs> and I feel as though we've always had the, the theatrics of E3. It's always been the quintessentially video game event where mm. we can laugh at it, we can have fun, we can get excited for new projects. But as other developers and publishers have gradually, you know, leapfrogged the event mm. to basically, you know, share their things, whether it be through Nintendo Directs or PlayStation, you know, ex- what are they, PS, P- PlayStation, PlayStation Experience. Yes. Yeah. And then Plus X- Sony have dropped and, and then the Xbox yeah. will here's the games things mm-hmm. I feel as though now that we have those E3s kind of been rendered obsolete which is quite sad but also they've kind of egged on their own demise whether it be you know through some really kind of just weird kind of strategies to get new people involved and then also the whole ESA leak last year mm-hmm. where you know basically they doxed all their journalists who were registered with them and they were like oops sorry about that <laughs> it's just not what happened again it just feels as though it's not fit for purpose. Let me read you some quotes. So this was a big thing uh, last September 2019, September 2019, um, a leaked email uh, that was doing the rounds internally at ESA in regards to how they want to get people excited for the future of E3. And it's the most PR buzzword thing you could put. If you told a computer to algorithmically generate a corporate email, it would very much be this. Um, So yeah, the ESA going forward suggests exclusive and appointment only activations for select attendees who will create buzz and FOMO, brackets, fear of missing out. So they definitely (laughs) want to manufacture things that you can only be at E3 for. They want to call on the power of social good. The power? The power of social good to offer validation, attention, and excitement across media outlets beyond the video game space. And also... They mean us? To check in... Yeah, they want to make sure they use positive chits for future use to combat negative video game stories. What's a chit? A chit is apparently like some sort of social media currency that you can cash in, which... This I, is such a cynical... Clout. It's, it's a... It's a <laughs> yeah street cred it's, yeah. a, it's a cynical approach to I think how people like of our age of our generation think it's the kind of person that would get a things? t-shirt that says gamer with an arrow pointing upwards and then <laughs> don't just, come in know. gamer at work yeah exactly like just <laughs> oh, yeah, no. one of those like it's it's E3 merchandise the person I've seen you tattoo Rich don't <laughs> we've, we've all got stop one of them stop looking at me changing <laughs> you <in>. God <laughs> somewhere on our person but I think that like yeah they, they I mean to some degree they have to do that whole PR approach and okay how are we going to make this a business and how are we going to get people involved and activate uh, in terms of a definition is just the, the fancy PR word that they give to the first day that something goes live for a new yeah. PR campaign that they've been planning um, and obviously they want to make sure that E3 is the place for all those things but for me the fun of E3 was the sort of nerdy quirky dumb stuff that we like we used to watch live like you said the performances did we even have the Just Dance like Dancers last year uh, I didn't watch Ubisoft's thing but that's always something so. I look forward to yeah. I, when, I you, mean, when you get the big panda coming in yeah, yeah, with his exactly. baton I want the, the leading them in yeah. Just the, Dance 2021 baby usually they would plan like you know two or three different things for that show that would get memed or would get like shared around and like for me as much as I think that E3's day I think a lot of the hype around E3 has kind of become what the Game Awards now is um, yes. whereas like um, E3 kind of felt quite tragic last year and like Sony are pulling out and like it just doesn't feel like I mean I, their rates apparently to hold booths on the show floor are way more than they've ever been before because I guess they have to charge more now that less people are there to try and milk the remaining amount of people that are still going so it just feels like I, I love what E3 represents as this big media event, but I don't necessarily think even they know what they have anymore. 
which like especially when like quotes like that come out and it's like we're just going to try and make it as nakedly business as possible but would you guys miss it if e3 went away or do you think it's ready to die i think there's more than enough to take over from it mm. you know we've got uh, nintendo directs we've got state of play we've got the um xo19 that mm. was in november yeah. last year uh-huh. Um, and you know all the all the other outlets are doing things. I think the only people that don't are, I guess, EA, Bethesda, and kind of Devolver, who show up. <laughs> oh at God, E3. let Devolver do every. They single can just thing. do whatever they want. But like, Brilliant. yeah, we we are basically still covered for every other sort of outlet. Mm-hmm. And I think with the the huge prominent rise in social media and stuff like that, you know, E three is kind of it's not necessarily and trying to trying to drum up FOMO. Mm. Um, <laughs> for an event that isn't exactly like the easiest thing to get to, mm-hmm. yeah. um, it's not exactly going to work. I can see why they think this is the approach they should take. Because, mm-hmm. you know, yes, of course you look at it and go, oh, I wish I was at E3. When when uh, Rage and I went to, to LA to do uh, Kingdom Hearts 3's premiere event, mm-hmm. like a week later was E3. And right. all the people who were there with all of the journalists were like, oh, are we seeing you in a week for E3? And we're like, <laughs> no, no, maybe <laughs> unfortunately not. Uh-huh. But like, that's about as close as I've ever been to like actually like proper FOMO like E3. Buzz. But yeah. at the end of the day, I can sit on the sofa in my pants at one in the morning and watch E3. <laughs> but the beautiful I thing don't is, need to be there. That's the thing. You can be cool. You can do that for the direct and the state of plays and all the Xbox streams and everything anyway. But I do feel as though they lack the pomp of E3. And I right. say pomp and inverted commas. I do mean, you know, the cringe. And I enjoy the cringe. <laughs> I enjoy some some really, you know, just cringe. Random celebrity like, who's yeah. been pushed on. Exactly. Yeah, and this? like a shoutcast demonstration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just a shame. I feel as though even if EA, even if E3, the name continues after this mm. year, I think it's all but dead in terms of what it stood for over the past, you know, two That's console true. generations. I feel as though this year, you know, we've still got a few people that will be there, obviously, but I, I'm certainly predicting that this year will be the year that E3 as we most frequently, or, you know, the E3 that we're most familiar mm-hmm. with, rather, I feel as though that E3 is going to kick the bucket. Yeah, I think in, in the in the release year of the PS5, the fact that Sony aren't there speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're completely right. Rich, one of your predictions was the new Switch, the premium 4K Switch. Very yes, sexy I think Switch. it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Nope. That's the opposite of the prediction. Uh, Sexy Swatch. What? It's a prediction that has become very prominent uh-huh. uh, ever since the uh, reveal of the Switch Lite, which was what the summer because it released in September yeah. last year. Yes. Um, sure. They, you know, people were saying, "Oh, the Nintendo are going to release." two new versions which to some extent last year they kind of did because mm. they released the first revision of the switch the red box switch if you know uh, of that which was you know better battery life and just mm. slightly better um not obviously a big deal like they didn't make a big song and dance about it mm. but the yeah musings going around that uh, nintendo are going to release a switch pro with yeah, I don't know, better Joy-Cons, a 4K display or 4K output or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Nintendo's uh, Nintendo's president, can't remember his name for the life of me, not Doug Bowser. Not Mr. Doug Bowser. Nintendo of Japan, the OG Nintendo's president, have said... Mr. Nintendo. Mr. Nintendo himself Mr. Uh, has said that Nintendo are not at all looking to release a new Switch oh, in 2020. Which I... I want to say they said that last year. <laughs> they they I, definitely said that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, it might it might happen, it might not happen, but I think alongside the release of the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5, they don't need to, because literally True. the other day, I think it might have been earlier this week, um, more reports have come out that Nintendo are killing it. Oh, their sales are insane. continuing to kill it. Like, mm. the Switch Lite has probably sold a lot more than I think we all anticipated it to. I think it sold mm. like 50 million units or something, mm-hmm. which is nuts. That robust console is going to always appeal to yeah. parents with and, kids. You know, really at the, the age, moment, yeah. they say, because what they said is we don't need to make a pro system. Right. Nintendo have never been 
uh, a platform to make a pro system. They they play with what they've got, yeah, like and that's always thing. been their strength. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you look at the Wii, and yes, it outputted at you know 320 pixels wide because it basically was crap <laughs> for, its, for its spec at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the whole the whole experience you got from it was so incredible, and that's what Nintendo is still going for because that's what they stand for. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. So I don't see why they would make one. I can understand why they'd mm. make one. Completely understand why they'd make one. Would I be tempted? Maybe. I was tempted by a Switch Lite yes. for some reason. Um, <laughs> Every other day you were like, I'm gonna get one. I'm gonna get one. I got, no, my, Rich. I got my brother one for his birthday this right. year, and when it arrived at home, I unboxed it. Like, oh my god, <laughs> this is so cool. Put it back in the box and wrap it for my brother. It's not mine. But it's like, oh, this is such a cool little system. I don't, I've got one, but I it, does, it makes one. me think in regards but, to the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X, it was very much that developers were struggling to get games out at stable frame rates and things like that. And it was like, well, on the console side, on the manufacturing side, like we can make this half-step system that will solve that problem, that will yep. give you the increased uh, RAM or whatever to solve that issue. I don't know the ins and outs of the technical speak, but apparently that was the big mandate behind it. Mm-hmm. Nintendo don't really seem to have that issue because most stuff, even if it's Doom or Wolfenstein or even Witcher 3, can run on the Switch. Yeah, like, optimizing for the form. Switch has been very, very... Uh, a very a very big focus on mm. a lot of... Especially third-party. Interestingly enough, not even first-party because Link's Awakening runs like poop on yeah. uh, the Switch. The yeah. frame rate frame rate isn't as good as you think. True, yeah. The fact you can get Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which... I mean, to be honest, when you look at it, especially like the lighting engine and stuff, it's a stunning oh, I think it's lush, yeah. And it runs a 60 FPS solid. Mm-hmm. It's like... That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, stick with that. So that's, that's kind of why I don't think Nintendo are going to release a Pro. They definitely don't need to. They could do. They mm-hmm. might release a Pro bundle. They might release some Pro Joy-Cons, which, you know, people have been wanting for a long time. I know Hori released uh, the Demon X Machina ones mm-hmm. uh, that Ryan in the office has got, which yes. are like big, chunky Joy-Cons. Like, that could be a thing. Mm-hmm. But as for a whole new hardware revision, this it's soon strange. after the Switch Lite, I don't think so. That's the thing. It's strange because they, they very much operate on their own timetable. Like, you know, they're in between the other console releases. Mm-hmm. And if we get, well, we are getting the Series X and the PS5 this year then it's like what did Nintendo do just and that's why that's, they've just said they're avoiding it mm. just, they're just not going to get involved because <laughs> they, they, they don't need they'll to be they're, you know, they're absolutely killing it they mm-hmm. don't need to put themselves up against the PS5 and the, and the Series X because nobody looks at those two consoles and then the Switch as well and say yeah well, you, what are you doing true nobody's yeah. looked at that since well. maybe fat, maybe the big really heavy console wars of the 7th gen mm-hmm. when it's like haha the Wii's rubbish yeah I think that everyone was the last knows. time it really came into conversation yeah I think people, I guess people know Nintendo for being Nintendo I would like Breath of the Wild in 4K but they don't need to that do it nice that would be lovely um now one of my other ones was speaking of killing things um i think that google are just going to discontinue the google stadia <laughs> platform which is uh, to say we are all surprised i was going to say that's like it's barely alive at this point um, i'm seeing adverts yeah. for it all the time being like hey do you want to see hip young zuma ninja play <laughs> some uh some Fortnite on the stadia or play some, some laggy play some, just like <laughs> some really awkward lag pre-roll ads on youtube I, again i maintain that stadia was just a flex it was right, a flex right. from google just to be like, hey, we can do this. Yeah, we can do that. And maybe there was some sort of, you know, some delusion that they had in the back of their mind that this console, this this system would work. Mm-hmm. But to me, in my head, it was always just a case of, yeah, we can do it. Let's just spend some money on it. And now, and lo and behold, it's still, you know, it's not responding to anyone because literally for the same reasons why everyone, you know, did not go for the Xbox One at the same mm. time to begin with. You know, it always has to be online. You always have to have a ridiculous internet connection for it to work in the first place. Mm-hmm. It just felt to me like this is just a, a, a glorified tech think, demo that was released as a mass part. Yeah, the biggest lie that Google always tells themselves is that the world will care just because it's Google. Um, and we, me and Josh did a whole separate video breaking down a lot of the statistics around um, Google Stadia. But like the amount of Google projects that have died Google Glass and Google Plus and that's a fantastic website of just yeah, yeah, yeah. graveyard they, yeah, there's, there's Google, Google graveyard and there's killedbygoogle.com which yeah. is archive everything that they've killed hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Um, and I think Stadia, like, as much as... I, the thing is, for me, when we when we sat in the office, when they first showed the first live stream, we watched it, and it was like, big announcement from Google, they're entering the gaming space, and their whole thing was, we're going to stream everything in. And it was kind of like, yeah, okay, I guess, but <laughs> Do I don't believe to, it. Though? Yeah, you have to, I don't believe you at all. Even watching the stage demo, which was later proved to be fake or whatever, it was like, okay, I just don't buy this at all. I don't know if streaming appeals to you guys at all. It nope. just doesn't no, to me. No, nope. the thing is, it's so unnecessary. Like, right. If I can have a disc and I can play it, put it in a console and I can own the game mm. and I can play on its I don't have to worry about any internet connection mm. whatsoever. Of course you're going to choose that option. It's less faff. Mm -hmm. You're taking up less <laughs> bandwidth anyway. It's ridiculous to me. It's, it just feels like such a massive indulgence. And like, like a Silicon Valley flex. Exactly. Yeah. Like whoever came up with that, it, I feel as though it was made in some sort of product development bubble where they were just like <laughs> completely unaware. Yeah, we're in Silicon Valley where you can mm. download you know, 
anything, yeah. any internet, any any megabytes per second. Yeah, this literally. Is work. And I feel as though people who buy video games want convenience, and yeah. Stadia is the exact antithesis of convenience. Mm-hmm. It is just excess and indulgence. That's the thing. Is like if it had worked, where it's like, because I mean, they were like, oh no, if as long as you have like forty megabytes plus uh, internet connection, you can stream this stuff in, and it's like, yeah, you can get like a, you can get a, you can get it going, but they're still artifacting this. It's, you're still very much aware that you're playing a stream. You can't input really get away lag. from that. Yeah, and input everything. lag, and it's like something like that. It was for me. It's the same qualm that um, the Connect had, where it's like something like voice controlled stuff needs to work a hundred percent of the time. And you know, the first time with voice con- voice controls, the first time you say something to your TV and it just doesn't acknowledge you, it's like <laughs> they're on Tom Clancy's okay. like unit five, we were the position. It's just like, you know, if those things can't be reliable that much, then you immediately feel like an idiot for even believing it for a second. I just think it's fascinating. I mean, obviously, yeah, I think Ewan's right to be just a big flex. Like, look at Google. Look at how big our internet dongs are. (laughs) Um, Dongle. Yes. (laughs) Our dongles are worldwide. My dong cast. And... um, (laughs) But it's like you you look back at Nintendo. Uh, uh, Good. Oh, sake. It's very you much fun. You look back at streaming tech in the past. You look at like the. Uh, I remember before I had my Xbox 360, I had a compact PC with a Nvidia graphics chip in it mm-hmm. that had the part of the processor was rubbish, so I could barely play anything on it. But right. it got me into PC gaming. Well, I say I was already into PC gaming, but it got me into modern PC gaming back then. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I want to play other stuff. Like I remember Portal 2 is coming out, and I was like, I can't play that on my PC. My PC is rubbish. Right. It will not manage that. And then On Live was announced, and I was like, wow. Wow, this is wicked. <laughs> and then the Ouya was announced. Oh, which God. Was also, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. All of this was all streaming stuff. The and, memories. you know, Android gaming. And, you know, for the bare minimum, you can do that on a smart TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And stuff like, like that. In the end of the Bourne Ultimatum, when he learns about his past as an assassin. <laughs> <laughs> Source code. But it's just like, it's it's been tried. Yeah. It has been tried. And it doesn't matter how... How 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 much you think it can succeed? It doesn't mean it will. Mm. Google, take a look at Cliff Blazinski <laughs> with Lawbreakers and Radical Heights. Bless Just little, because little you think it's going to work doesn't mean you it both will. Both got your brain stretched on right now. Yeah. I know. I don't know if you like, can see this, but both now that Scott we've uh, Richard got just flexing with their arms. Now right. that we've gone, we've gone all your own. Rip the back of their skulls out. It's true. Hands. We've become the villains from Men in Black. But the the truth is the reality of streaming platforms. Yes. But yeah, I don't know. I think with um, Stadia, it just like I said when that initial um, reveal thing came on. I think everybody, especially like watching the live chats and stuff, everyone was like, this isn't going to work. Mm. Um, and they, they haven't been able to prove it. And obviously the um, reason that I went with this entire prediction is that all of their numbers have just gone down. The mm-hmm. amount of people downloading the app is like more than half. It went from 400K down to 170K. Um, the Destiny 2 player numbers is like 8,000, um, which the fact that Destiny 2 is free um, kind of is indicative of the amount of like Stadia users there is there are overall. So my thing is that I just think Google are just going to bin it off like they do with literally everything else. Um, um, you and your second big prediction was Arkham Legacy being announced in March. Yes, I think in terms of the way we were looking at this, we had the, the I think a lot of people on the internet are just big sourpusses complaining about <laughs> the way this game's being teased, being like, oh, why are they, using, why are they being so cryptic? It's like, just, oh, you gosh, found my en- account again. Just enjoy the fun, man. Mm-hmm. Like, just enjoy the whole, the whole nonsense of it all. Just enjoy the <laughs> fact that you got all these cryptic teasers Here's going along. And to be fair, I mean, I'm kind of, you know, having someone who, who was, you know, I, I kind of basically grew into online circles through the Arkham mm. fan community. So this is all like, just like, ah, oh, yes, hook it back into my right. veins. I can relive my glorious teenage years. What a wild time they were going <laughs> through all the Arkham City, Arkham Origins teasers. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I feel as though the game's probably going to have a March announcement. Um, I feel as though Arkham Knight was announced in the March and it was originally slated to come out the same year before it was delayed until the June of 2015 oh. because it was announced in March 2014. Mm-hmm. It was originally slated for a winter release and then got pushed back. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised 
surprised if this was announced for a winter release date this year. I feel as okay. though Arkham probably is going to release this year. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got um, Warner Brothers, I think, are pretty keen to have something come out at the end of the year. I know they have the Lord of the Rings game, Gollum thing. I think that's probably going to be next year. Oh, yeah. And I feel as though if they're going to release Arkham, it makes sense to do it within this this time frame right yeah, now. Yeah, I think... a PS5, Xbox Series X launch title. Yeah, yeah. I feel as though it'll be cross-gen. <clears throat> I was going to say, I mean, the, um, one of the things, it was Ar- the Arkham Legacy thing has kind of been, I mean, Arkham Legacy is the rumor title. Yeah. Uh, this whole existence of the whole game is rumored. Well, I guess they did that the Facebook thing. It is confirmed. With some logos. It's, yeah, it's, we know it's, it's happening, yeah. but they haven't got out there and said it's going to be oh, Arkham no. XYZ. Um, but I think it'd be cool to drop the logo alongside something like the PS5 reveal, just mm. to sort of tie it in. Um, do you guys think that they'll ditch the Arkham name, though, that it'll just be the next big Batman game, Batman franchise? Or is the Batman I think it's too Arkham name yeah, yeah, worth is, continuing? Even if it's not involved, I think they will then, I think it's more not necessarily necessarily to tie it into the narrative of what's happened so far but more just to say it's part of this type of game right right, exactly because if you look at like batman the telltale series you wouldn't as much as it's called batman Mm -hmm. you wouldn't expect that to be part of arkham because you know it's not because it doesn't say it's arkham Mm -hmm. yeah arkham is such a recognizable brand right now i feel as though Mm -hmm. in the same way i think where you'll see with the spider-man game and and marvel's avengers where they have the marvels in front of it to distinguish it as like a this is a video game type thing batman arkham is such a unique brand it's sub brand in a way and you know i feel as though people are batman arkham the video game franchise and you know people will talk about how the name conventions of the titles are dead cringy or whatever I feel as though it's kind of just a small price to play for the fact that you know they have a strong interpretation of the DC mm. mythos and they can factor in all these different things and you know when you get a Batman Arkham game you're getting Rocksteady and Warner Brothers Montreal's vision of what the Batman series looks like so oh, I still yeah. think it'll be Arkham in the title it just makes too much sense for it to be you know they've got the the, the Arkham verse coined as well so That's it true. just makes too much sense for them to drop if they dropped it right now I'd be convinced they'd be doing a complete Batman reboot which is still possible mm. they could totally do that mm. but in terms of building off what the past four games have done the past four main releases rather mm. uh, it makes too much sense for them to, to drop I'm going to drop a sub prediction and I'm going to predict that I hope they do ditch the Arkham name I want them to do something new mm. um, only because I think that I, I mean I'm just I'm just a sucker for new stuff I want them to just do something new I don't think they should be tied to a um, you know like a, like you said the Arkham verse like an established canon which already got a little bit convoluted in Origins in terms of well he knew that if he knew this ability before then why is he unlocking it again in Asylum and obviously it's because video games yeah mm. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's all. It, I mean, it is hand waved. Like, you can hand wave it away. Um, but I would like them to maybe have a clean slate, especially mm. because Montreal are going to be making this their own going forward. Assumedly, Rocksteady aren't going to be coming back. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it, it, it's the fact that they've been building up this universe for the fourth games mm. now. Like we've had so many references to the Justice League, to Superman, to this grand world outside of Gotham that is still waiting to be tapped into. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that even though Rocksteady could probably are well within the rights to do something non-DC related I do think that I think I believe the main rumor right now is that it could be Justice League not just Superman so right. mm-hmm. I feel as though if they're going to stay in the DC universe which Warner Brothers would be very keen for them to do mm. and they were posting adverts for new positions the other day as well mm-hmm. I think it's it's I think it's definitely going to be a DC game but what if Warner Brothers weren't announcing just one game they're announcing two and Ooh. I'm going to just re-quickly oh throw God, out there they could there. literally do the Arkham game on before, not to cut you up but they could do the Arkham game for this generation and then have Justice League for the next gen very I true. wasn't even saying one of those oh, two right. I was like okay a third one in the ring, then, <laughs> oh. which was one of just a very quick sub thing about mm. predictions about Warner Brothers and then tying E3 in mm. again, second year in a row. Harry Potter RPG. Oh, Warner oh Brothers. that is yeah, that yeah. is Make long it a thing, overdue. For goodness' sake, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. we know could, that could be a launch title they for the can, next they, console. They can, they the video down, man. They they yeah. down. We all know it's real. The title that I uh, that, that, that that came up and I and I put in the video is Magic Awakened is a real title, but yeah. it's a Japanese uh, Harry Potter card game on mobile. Oh, okay. so the name was real. Okay. Just not for the RPG, but the RPG is definitely. You can real. go to our channel and check out the Wackle Gaming uh, channel it's and watch everything we know about Harry yes. Potter about 
Harry, Harry Potter. Potter RPG. I didn't call it Magic Awakened in the title. Will there be plumbing? What? Will plumbing? there be plumbing? Plumbing in this Harry Potter game? Why is there plumbing? It's a joke about the excrement and how they vanish away the poo. Right. Oh, uh, I see what you my did. My mind went straight to wait. I bet is you the, is this is the bustlers getting around the pipes nah, again? I bet you all the viewers knew what I was on about. Good. Them. Yeah. Okay. We don't have Let us know the on viewers Twitter. Back. <laughs> <laughs> they all know. Either way, um, yeah, the Harry Potter thing seems like. I mean, there's in-engine footage of it. It's very much it all, like as you said, pretty much there. Warner Brothers put their foot down on us, so it's yeah. like, well, that just confirms it. That's not real, guys. Which means it's definitely <laughs> real. Uh, Rich, your last one, which you just did a video about, was the idea of the Xbox Series. X being a PC. Yes, I mean, honestly, probably the proudest work I've done Ooh. here. I'm very, very proud. Oh, even more, even, even more so than my zombies videos <laughs> that get no views. Um, but <laughs> we love them. Yeah. We love them really. Um, but no, I did. I wrote this. Uh, I had this this thing. Uh, I've had this kind of idea for a while, and then more and more stuff came about, and the you know the the stars aligned, and it was like, right, I think the Xbox Series X is going to be a pseudo PC when it releases in uh, I'm gonna say November. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so basically, yeah, you can watch the video on uh, the gaming channel or you can look at it on the website uh, and basically I turned around and said right with the way that um, the PC marketplace is going the way that Microsoft have had approaches towards uh, their player base as well as their um, PC consumer base because admittedly they are, they are Microsoft mm-hmm. um, and I think that the, the Series X is going to blur the line slash bridge the gap everything between the, the, the console space at least on the Xbox side and PC mm-hmm. and the Series X will become something that you can turn it into whatever you want it to be okay. so you can play it as a console as the uh, 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 something I was very proud of actually the Lockhart and Anaconda stuff that I know we've discussed on podcasts in the past mm-hmm. uh, that they're actually two different retail units yes. so one of them is a console console form factor the other is a pc form factor so one comes with a controller which you bung into your tv jobs are good and that's what it is mm-hmm. the other one comes with a keyboard and mouse and you plug it into your desk and it works like a pc it runs a version of windows this can, is your theory this, this is my theory yes, this isn't yes. confirmed uh, but it can run steam and all this sort of thing which was another rumor going around about the series x mm. so i think yeah the, the lines could be blurred between a console and a pc with the system but if you if you are somebody that's like no i don't want pc at all if you're like scott tailford here yep. who refuses refuses to move sliders at all even though I don't want even to do though I keep, even though Man, i keep telling sliders, him but he loves that kk slider i keep, so I keep oh, telling him i keep best. telling him that most games now just go what your pc's this cool okay already preset i've mate. got a mac mate i can't i don't yeah, know what well, that's because you that's what happens when you try and use a mac for gaming <laughs> trust me i know um but if you want to use it as a console you can do if you want to use it as a pc you can do if you want mm-hmm. to buy the console version and turn it into a pc you also can do that and I think it's something that I think it's got a lot of legs mm. as for whether it ends up being real it's a it's a big stretch mm-hmm. and there's a very 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 high chance that Microsoft they then continue what they're doing saying hey here's an Xbox Series X here's your console do that here's a new game for it oh by the way it's on PC as well because we like you both mm-hmm. uh, maybe they won't bridge the gap but I think it's an interesting theory and as I said I'm, I'm very proud of yeah. <laughs> of what I've uh, written definitely you should check out the yeah, you should definitely, uh, definitely check out the video if you get time I think it, it's weird with that thing because is this just the next, next not logical step of them going like okay all the exclusives are available on PC day one as well mm-hmm. yeah. and it's like you know it's almost like um, Xbox fans or they're trying to mold Xbox fans to being this sort of little guinea pig holding pen for people that eventually become full-on PC owners because mm-hmm. at the end of the day that is the parent company anyway it's Microsoft yeah that's, like, that's the thing that's what uh, something I brought up in this um, in this video in this article the mm-hmm. idea that just because they'll be transferring people over to PC which means they won't necessarily be buying games from their own storefront because they're getting stuff off Steam off Epic off GOG mm-hmm. off Origin off um, Uplay or whatever mm-hmm. they would still be on their platform because they'd still be running Windows they would yeah. still be buying Microsoft games because you know that with the release of um Halo 
uh, Master Chief Collection on Steam, mm -hmm. I'm almost certain that every first-party PS uh, Xbox exclusive will be available on the Xbox app and Steam right, from yeah. here on out because they're embracing the platform. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, you know, the whole player base is on Steam for PC. We may as well stick with Steam. Yeah, I, I mean, even... the Xbox app is great. Game Pass is fantastic. I can be in the boat of, yes, Game Pass, because <laughs> I've got it on PC as well. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, that's fine. But if they're going to embrace Steam as well, I mean, the internet went into collective meltdown when they announced mm -hmm. the, uh, the Master Chief Collection. So they know mm -hmm. they've got an audience there who are already dedicated to that potential mm -hmm. and I, I don't know yeah I, as i said in the video i know there are a lot of console people out there who'll be like oh pc no thank you yeah get this away from me that was but my like, reaction when you wanted to do a video on it <laughs> <laughs> oh god again again they, they they could make it in such a way that it's not the case that you need to go down that route but if you want to you can and mm -hmm. there's the, the the seeds have already been laying on the xbox one and the ps4 because you can use a keyboard and mouse as long as the devs uh put it in as a usable input method you can use it on yeah. games modern warfare you can play with the keyboard and mouse mm -hmm. so i said you can put your xbox one on a desk plug it into a monitor and use it as hate this. almost Don't a PC. Don't want to get owned by people with their bloody mouse keyboards and keyboards and multiplayer. <laughs> like that time we were all playing Modern Fil Warfare together. Filter it out. Oh, God. God. On, Saint, on Saint Petrograd yeah, or whatever it was that, called, yeah. getting absolutely getting, getting our asses kicked. a good kicked. time for me not getting shot but in I the th back, I, I think it's an interest. I think it's an interesting route that Microsoft could go down. I, mm. Again, I'm not expecting it to go that way, but I was, you know, I think it's a really interesting way and, and I was uh, genuinely, when the video went live, I had a moment of going, okay, here we go. Let's <laughs> see what the reaction to this is. And Honestly, everyone has been really like, oh, it's actually quite an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it may, and I think that just further reaffirms to me, as I've always said, that the whole console war stuff is just dying. Oh, maybe. I think it's so, good fun, but I don't even want people to take it too seriously. I'm well, exactly. Bored. And I think most people have matured past that. Yeah. So this idea, this different concept, this different approach to um, how gaming's going to evolve over the next generation. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. people have been more willing to, to hear about it. I almost fell for the Steam box. So, you know. <laughs> it was a very good idea. But this yeah. is, as I said, this is a, it could be almost a spiritual successor to Steam boxes. Intel and Razer are doing their own mm -hmm. mini PCs that are very simple to upgrade, mm -hmm. which is another thing I put said could happen with the Series X. I mean, I know we had the, uh, the back IO leaked supposedly for the Yo, Series yeah, the X, which didn't really, um, sort of correlate with what I'd suggested could happen. Mm -hmm. But again, that was a leak. Could be rubbish. But, maybe, you know. maybe. Mr. Ewan, would you buy a little Xbox PC? No. This is bleeding my heart. This, is, this isn't like a case of like, again, it just it isn't for me. Like a case mm -hmm. of like, I just, I have what I need and what I need, what I don't need is a, is a PC. I think it's a great idea in terms of being able to basically have a very versatile product. Um, for me, my only, again, the only disturbing truth behind this Richardson's Xbox theory. <laughs> well, uh, Richardson isn't it, telling it. Is that uh, I'd be terrified of having all my multiplayer lobbies be filled with people with sweaty mice and keyboards who are just. Well, if you play Modern Warfare, that can happen. And, you know, interestingly, when we have been playing crossplay, it's not been as. Oh, horrific. it was bad for me. I mean, to be, fair, to be fair, I absolutely hated Modern Warfare anyway, so I, I binned it in <laughs> like, after like mm, a I was, month, You know, so. to go in with the, the very stereotypical approach of thinking, I'm going to poon all the noobs. I'm going <laughs> to kick some ass. And it, was, it wasn't as split of a battlefield right. as I thought. I mean, I held my own, so, but I definitely noticed when someone was just like, and I was like, oh, wow, you've just lasered to me in a second. And then you get, you get back in the lobby and see on the leaderboard, yep, they're using a mouse. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I, mean, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's more of a, of a taking the plunge, and I don't consider the cross-play features of Modern Warfare to be a failure. I think it's a really good thing, which I know mm. we've have also discussed in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think so, it's, it's fascinating, like, thinking about, like, you know, from a, from a console perspective, if you're a diehard console fan who's someone who, like me, who's only bought consoles over time, the reason I didn't go on a PC was because of all the 
customization side of it and I just want to just play the thing. Mm -hmm. And so that was like, well, you know, the allure of PC is this more powerful, like the potential for more power. So I was like, okay, Steam Box is like, you know, PC quality graphics and everything will just run, but with the simplicity of a console. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, that's potentially the best middle ground between where the Xbox is and where a full on PC, like a custom rig is. Um, so I think there's a potential for that. And like, I think it makes them, it makes a hell of a lot of sense, especially yeah. when Phil Spencer said that they do want to do multiple uh, Xbox SKUs as well. So maybe um, you guys can let us know what you think. If you can find us on social media platforms, I almost said, let us know what you think down in the comments. They don't exist anymore. There's no comments anymore because we're not on YouTube. So you have to come find us Hi, on Twitter. But it'll be lovely. And um, for now, though, this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by you in passing. <laughs> Goodbye. And Richardson. Goodbye. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. 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 Nice little song there, Ewan. Goodbye, my Coney Island man. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.